Hi, everyone, and welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Will Johns. And I'm Rick Johns. Glad to have you with us for another episode on Spiral Dynamics. Will, this has been so exciting and fun to go through this. And I'm even more excited about today's episode because we are really, really getting into the meat today. Yes, yes, we are. We are going to be talking about orange, the, the some of the unhealth of orange, and getting into green and how green kind of tries to correct that unhealth of orange. Uh, it's going to be good. And I promise you, listeners, you're going to hear examples and you're going to see things that are all around you. And some things are going to click for you today about why certain things are happening in the world, why certain people believe what they believe. It's just awesome. Yeah. But I'm holding us up, Rick. So let's let's get right to it. Well, <laughs> that's you. You brought up a good point that we need to remind people to do it in a healthy way. We want to transcend and include. When we're moving through these stages, the goal is that you would transcend the previous stage, but include the health and bring it with you. That way, you don't look back with disdain. Yes, and this whole the whole point of this is compassionate understanding. And the more understanding we have, the more freedom we have to make mature choices as to how we interact with others and how we can best add to the uh, health in the world around us. But let's just do a quick recap, Rick, yes. of where we've been. So we've talked about beige. Beige is a very basic survival. Yep. Its focus is how can I survive? How can I make it through today? Then we move from there to purple. Purple is associated with mystery, but also powerlessness. Purple believes that, that there are powerful forces completely outside of it that are affecting its life. And so purple becomes superstitious and often is uh, manipulated in a way by powerful red. And red is all about empowerment, ego, somebody accomplishing what they want, but can can go a little too far with that and become yeah. self-centered, out of control. Narcissistic. Uh, narcissistic violent and destructive. So, so Will, hold on a second. Yeah. Before you name the next color, let's make it a question for our listeners. We've done beige, purple, red. What is the fourth color, listeners? Very good. They got it right, Will. I, uh, heard, I heard them all shout unanimously blue. Yes, yes. See, Excellent. We, I, I knew we had a smart uh, listening audience. <laughs> yeah, a little fun pop quiz there for you. So tell us about blue. Yeah, so blue comes along and it corrects some of those, you know, um, problems with red, with unhealthy red. It creates order, structure. There's an agreed upon sacred text that everyone uh, values. There's a sense of community. Um, but then in unhealth, blue can become very uh, harsh with an us versus them attitude, very harsh towards them. And if you're not in our blue group, you're dangerous and you are not worthy of, of rights or yeah. uh, equality or care yeah. or concern. And so, so we see how these colors have developed over time. And, right. and it's just real interesting. But Rick, I, I thought right off the bat, it would be helpful if we just gave an example of kind of how these colors can also blend 
in one thing. Yeah, so uh, the Super Bowl is uh, really awesome and fun, and it reminds us, Will, that football kind of has elements of all these colors, including the one that we just are talking about today, orange. And yes. Will, tell us, how do we see red in football? Yeah, so, you know, football kind of starts with red, this, this raw physical power. It's violent. It's about strength, and, and you just kind of see and feel that that primal red energy yes um that's just throughout very the much sport so. and i think it, it attracts you know a lot of people because of that you know will i just as you were talking you used the word primal and it made me think there is probably beige and purple you know beige and purple the beginning they kind of get ignored but i think there is some beige and purple because it is survival you know late playoffs that we just had there's an elimination you either win or you go home there's yes. a survival element to it all is on the line some guys are literally risking their bodies and their own health well yeah again it reminds me of you know what you might have seen a few thousand years ago with a couple tribes going to battle yeah uh, i think of the story in the bible of david and goliath you know the Yes, the two champions meeting on the field of battle, and yeah. and whoever wins that confrontation wins the war. Wins the war, and everybody's all excited and watching and cheering, and yeah. So you you could certainly see some primal roots. Some yeah, I think you can see some beige in this. It's kind of a modern version because we're not actually fighting over borders or possessions or territory. We're fighting for a. Uh, trophy. <laughs> well, but then you see the blue kind of coming along, and and with blue, you, you definitely have the us versus them. You know, it's mm -hmm. my team versus your team. Oh, 100%. <laughs> but but you also have the sacred text. You have the the rules of the game that yes. everyone agrees upon yeah. before they play. Otherwise, you know, it, it kind of melts down into anarchy. You know, so you have these agreed upon rules. You have the referees there to enforce the rules. Um, and you have the playbook. This is another yes. sacred document. Yes. No matter how good you are as a player, no matter how red you are as a player, you still have to do what you're told for that play. And yes. you may be the star receiver, but you may have to do some blocking on a certain play because that's what's called for. So that's very a blue mindset. Yes. And then we see we see Orange coming along and Orange takes this sport and it markets it and it builds these billion dollar stadiums and it, it creates all of this uh, gear that you can buy and it sells it to people and it puts it on TV. And then you even come along with these next gen stats and you have all of those and the analytics that coaches look at to make their decisions. They're Oh, come on. Fantasy football. Fantasy football. Is yep. orange. It's a very orange way to enjoy the game. It's all about data, statistics. Uh, it's amazing how many guys can quote copious amounts of data about these players. That's a very orange <laughs> thing and way to enjoy the sport. Uh, so yeah, fantasy football, all these gen, uh, next-gen stats and facts and figures and analytics, like you said, a lot of coaches now use just plain old analytics to make their next coaching decision instead of kind of going with their gut, if you will. Well, and Rick, all of this stuff just reminds us that these colors 
can be seen in some of the ordinary places of our lives. Right. And so if we just have the, our eyes open to look for it, you could see it everywhere. Yes. All these colors are prevalent in our world. And we didn't mention purple, but I thought of purple because I know a lot of these guys are kind of superstitious. I know yes. uh, yeah. Yeah. all the time in sports, you have certain, certain superstitions, certain things that they do, certain little chants and, uh, you know, things that they wear to make sure that their team, the teams will pick their uniforms based on, you know, certain superstitions about those uniforms for that game. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a ton of stuff, and, and we could go on and on and on about the NFL and all the colors we see there, but we need to jump in to a quick recap of the strengths of orange, as well as getting into the unhealthy side of orange. But Rick, right. tell us, tell us a, a you know, so recap of some of the strengths that we talked about last week that orange brought to the table when it entered the scene. Well, orange is the scientific stage. It brought logic, it brought science, it combated the ignorance of the dark ages. And when we see it in society, we see the enlightenment, the renaissance, the reformation when in Christianity, and we see the invention of the printing press, all these kind of things. So as we mentioned last episode, there's a lot of strengths. We see systems created. Uh, companies are formed and expand and learn how to get their product out there and make it the best product. We learn how to make things so that they last and work, and then we learn how to improve them. Yeah, Rick, I'm thinking, you know, probably most of our listeners are listening to this podcast on some kind of device that Orange created. Exactly. So exactly. if you have a smartphone, an iPad, a laptop, that's Orange technology creating that device. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, medical treatment. Uh, thank goodness for orange. You don't have to read too many hundred, uh, maybe a hundred years ago. Some of the medical knowledge was pretty primitive. 200 years ago is really bad. 300. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. Some of the things that were once believed and thought, and now we know better thanks to orange saying, Hey, I don't think that's right. Let's, let's study this more. Let's investigate. Let's experiment. And I, I could say, Rick, I'm personally grateful for Orange uh, medical knowledge because recently I had, I had um, had some back trouble. I went to see a physical therapist. Um, he gave me some specific exercises that I could do. And as a result, uh, my back started to heal, get a lot stronger, feel a lot better. Hmm. And, and I, I was so grateful for that knowledge because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to... Right. Treat. In fact, initially, I thought I had something was wrong with my hips because that's where I was feeling the pain. And, and actually, it was a low back issue and they diagnosed it and helped me move forward. So, so I think, you know, all of us probably have some kind of story of how we benefited from Orange in some way or another. But I don't know, Will, if you had come to me, I could have saved you the money and the time of the physical therapist <laughs> and recommended you just sacrifice a slinky to the gods of the back pain and they would accept your sacrifice and your back would be good for that, at least a few weeks. That, that, uh, that would have been the true purple solution. <laughs> yes, yes. But that's why we're thankful for Orange because those were the kind of solutions in the past. And lest we mock the past or look with disdain, 
you know, there are strengths to all these colors, and we must admit some of these things are still with us. And so we want to kind of see the unhealth in our own life. We're not trying to judge others, but if yes. we have a bit of superstitious thinking in our own lives, maybe this is our call to go, hey, orange can offer me something. Let's really look at this. Let's get to the root of what I'm dealing with. If it's back pain, go to the physical therapist who treats a lot of people with back pain and has learned what works. Yes, yeah, and that's, we can all take advantage of the gifts of orange. No matter what color you find yourself in, um, those benefits are right there for the taking. Yes. And one benefit I just have to mention really quick, because I studied a lot of this when I was working on my doctorate, Rick, and that is the rise of, of positive psychology. And positive psychology came along and started studying healthy people to see what their habits were and how that we could learn from them. In fact, season one of this podcast really is kind of coming out of that positive psychology research. Hmm. And so I'm so grateful for that because I've learned so many principles of how to live a healthier, fuller, richer, more spiritually alive life as a result of some of that research that uh, was conducted. And so I also learned all about gratitude, and you've heard me talk about that. You know, there's so many little benefits here, but we have to move on, Rick, and talk about some of the unhealthy parts of orange. Yeah, it can be, and I think to me, this is the very kind of core problem with orange, is it can be very cold-hearted. Mm. <laughs> orange is yes. the color that lacks heart because it's all about the numbers. It's all about the data. So just think of a corporation. I know you have to use your imagination here, but a corporation who only makes their decisions based on the numbers. Uh, well, you might, and this is again just a hypothetical, you might not treat your employees very well. You might see them as another number. Yes. You might see them as a cog in the wheel. You might see them as replaceable. You might not take into account a lot of intangibles that can't be measured that someone brings to your company as you might not reward loyalty because that is an abstract kind of thing. You might not reward someone who brings a positive attitude and helps shape the culture of your corporation because you're only looking at the hours, the profit, the sales, the bottom line. So that to me is one of the core challenges for Orange. Will, what are some of the others? Yeah, and, and Rick, kind of right along with that is the Orange lifestyle can be soul crushing. Um, sometimes Orange gets overly focused on money, success, status, and power. Mm. And that lifestyle can lead to workaholism. And I remember hearing the story of a corporation who bragged about the fact that 90% of the people that worked for them were divorced. Because <laughs> they had to work so many hours, they couldn't invest in their family and in their marriages, and so they got divorced. And you know, that shows like the sick sick underbelly of orange where workaholism productivity accomplishment kind of replaces you yeah. know the values of being there for one's family and so forth yes and i think we can totally see some of these unhealths in our society materialism can be a, a byproduct of orange 
mm -hmm. uh, trying to work and get these certain objects and the better house and the better car. Again, a soulless kind of approach to life where it's all about this material money, success, status. And Rick, the other thing, we, we almost need to go all the way back to purple to correct this problem with orange is that orange tries to remove all mystery from life. Yeah. And in doing so, it can become atheistic. It can say, well, you know, we can't see spirituality. We can't measure it. Yeah. So it must not exist. Yeah. And so there's kind of this simplistic assumption that what cannot be seen and measured doesn't exist. Yeah. And then what's fascinating is now some of Orange's own science is starting to see what we couldn't see before and recognizing there's this whole other, you know, quantum world and we don't need to get into that. But life is much more complex and mysterious. Yeah. That sometimes Orange says it is with its simplistic scientific approach at times. Well, and you're right, Will, because dark matter is something that is appearing in their in their science. It's called dark matter because they don't see it, but they don't know what it is, have no clue. So maybe science, maybe Orange is starting to embrace a little mystery. And even science kind of points you to the fact that there is a lot of mystery in this life. But even outside of just like outer space or quantum world, even in our personal lives, to live in an orange world and to live in an orange way, you can be very cruel to other people because mm. you're just making decisions based on logic or data or something. You know, I loved in the old Star Trek, you had Spock and Captain Kirk. And Captain Kirk was kind of this bright red leader who was always passionate and wanted to fight to save this and that and got caught up in different causes. And Spock, as you remember, had no emotion. So every decision he made was analytical, but it was a play kind of on these, these colors interacting with each other. And what would it look like? And sometimes you kind of felt like Spock, you know, he's reining in some of this irrational passion. And then other times you're like, Spock, oh my goodness, you're so cold hearted. Yeah. Yeah. And Spock is, is kind of the perfect character to symbolize orange. Yeah. You know? Both the best of orange and the worst of it. And, and I, I think that interplay between logic and heart is something we're going to get into more as we as we keep going through these colors. And really what you see, Rick, is that green comes along and green is full of heart and it yeah. corrects a lot of the, the unhealth of orange. Yeah, green comes out of orange as a correction to this unhealth in orange. And it's so easy for orange to get very arrogant to feel superior because they've got the knowledge and man, these other people just don't get it, just don't understand. I've worked my way up. You know, if you work your way up in orange, you may feel a little bit superior and you may feel like, hey, I earned it and they didn't. And green comes along, interestingly, and says, hold on, every human has value, even if they don't have the same education, maybe they haven't had the same opportunities. And it's not fair to look down on them just because they didn't get to go to your Ivy League schools or do your lifestyle or have your position. So green is actually kind of a beautiful correction to the unhealth of orange. 
Yeah, Rick, and I'm just thinking of a scripture that just popped into my mind where the Apostle Paul writes, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Mm. And I think there's there's a lot of profound truth in that statement. And we could see that, you know, scripture kind of speaks words of correction to all the colors. Yeah. And, and kind of helps us in every, whatever color we might be in, there's an application of scripture that can keep us in the healthy side. But let's let's dive into to some of the, the healthy side here that Green brings to the table. And you started us down that, that track, Rick, that Green is all about inclusion. Yes. Uh, Green recognizes that, that Orange came along, and, and Orange was great for certain people, but there were many voices that got shoved to the side and marginalized, and, and the systems of Orange were not all that helpful to them. And Green comes along and says, we need to include everybody. Yeah. And I think orange at it, at its worst puts people down. If you're not on the same wavelength, if you're not, you know, as smart and don't know what they know, then you're you're useless. Get out of here. You're messing you're messing this up cuz you just don't get it. You don't understand. You're ignorant, you're foolish. And so green comes along and says, "Hold on, we can't treat people that way." Everybody has some value, has some are deserving of compassion. There's justice that is needed for everyone because Orange can kind of turn a blind eye to the fact of justice saying, hey, they had their chance, but they broke the law, so this and this. And Green says, well, maybe these communities where we see these problems, maybe there's something more going on in the community. Maybe there's reasons why we're seeing some of this challenge. And so Green has compassion. It brings intelligence and compassion into how do we help instead of how do we just eliminate the problem. Yes, and Green really corrects the worst abuses of Orange with things like social Darwinism, you know, survival of the fittest. And it's like, you know, if you're struggling, that's your fault, that's your problem. Yeah. And and Green comes along and says, wait a second, it could be that the system that Orange has built is the problem that it's unjust that it's that it's pushing people to the margins and so green comes along and gives everyone a seat at the table and everyone gets a voice and then rick we can see how this is interesting orange technology actually helps this happen yes <laughs> because in the age of the internet and in an age when anyone can have their own podcast Yep. Like you and I. <laughs> like, Amazing. Like, like we have a voice now, a seat at the table, simply because of orange technology and the green mindset that we want to hear from all kinds of people. Yeah. Green wants to give a voice to the voiceless. Green is the color that champions the underdog, yes. that roots for the oppressed. Green is the color of causes. Green is the color that says... We've got to right some of these societal wrongs that have been hurt. So, so green believes itself to kind of be superior to orange and all the others because, hey, we and the other colors didn't recognize the value of everyone. So green is very global. Green wants to, yes. to bring everyone together. 
And that's, that's better than, you know, all these divisive ways of looking down on each other. So green does not like judgment. Green does not like hierarchy. Green does not like us versus them. They're the very opposite of us versus them. They want every, it's all one. We're all one humanity. And the, the other thing that I want to uh, quickly point out is that for green, human connection matters and so green is helping individuals move towards quality of life. Yeah. And so someone with a green mindset would not uh, even think of working for that company I mentioned earlier that has the 90% divorce rate. Right. That green individual will say, what company fits and enables a quality of life for me so that I can feel good about myself, so I can have time with my family, so that I can take care of my body. You know, green is thinking much more holistically about the whole person. Yeah, and I think you could, you should take it a step further. They're green because they're thinking holistically. They're not actually thinking as much, what was the company doing for me in my life? They're thinking, what is the company doing for the world? And yes. so now you see this, this real craze in our society about companies supporting a cause, companies that are, you know, leaving no footprint. And for green, they don't want to work for a company. They don't even want to buy from a company that isn't doing good in the world, isn't trying to right some of these wrongs. Yeah, green moves from Orange's single bottom line, yes. which is just money, yep, to a triple bottom line of how does this company treat its employees? Yep. You know, is, there a, is it a healthy space for someone to work? How does it treat the world? You know, is this good for the world? And then the consideration of the company's actual product. Yeah, how to define it. And that's how they look at, you know, the world in general. That's how they, you know, value things based on how are they helping? What are they doing to right the wrongs? What are they doing to make this world a better place in all aspects? And, and Rick, I just have to throw this in there real quick, but I, I get a, an email from um, an investing newsletter. And what's fascinating about this is one of the main theories out there in investing right now is invest in companies that are creating the future that you want to live in. Invest in companies that reflect your values. Hmm. And so uh, individuals with a green mindset are, are putting their money where their mouth is yeah. and, and investing money, real money, in companies who are following these values that we've talked about. Yeah, exactly. So, Will, let's imagine something. Now that we've kind of covered the basic health of green and have an idea of what green is, imagine a country that's one-third blue, one-third orange, and one-third green. What would that look like? Let's just see how these interplay. Well, Rick, I just have a, a single question, and that is, any chance that they end up fighting with each other all the time? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Or, or, I mean, I could see a few misunderstandings, yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me ask our listeners, does this help explain what you see going on in the world around you? Yeah. That's a great question. Because for me, why, why we have had so much excitement about this topic is that it explains almost 
everything that I'm seeing that I couldn't really, I didn't really have language for until mm -hmm. this theory kind of put it all together for me. Yeah, exactly. And when you have blue, orange, and green, and people that are very committed to that color and maybe don't understand that they need to look with compassion on the other colors, then there's a lot of division, a lot of political uh, arguments and fights and a lot of different posts on social media advocating my position versus your position. And it can get pretty divisive. So a little, little uh, homework assignment for our listeners, Rick, is next time you're on social media and you see somebody make a post, just ask yourself, without judgment, is this a blue, orange, or green post? You know, what, what, where's this person coming from? And once you kind of have that in your mind, that actually enables you to have compassionate understanding, which could actually help reduce the amount of fighting in this world. And really, we're presenting this material for, with that hope in our hearts. Yeah. That as compassionate understanding increases there will be less likely for us to like go to war with people that are just different in their outlook. Yes. And we see them as, as dangerous or bad and they must be stopped. But maybe there's a different way we could look at people that are different than us. Right. Because we've already covered that each of these colors are there to correct some other abuse. And so when you start to see others through that lens, like if you're looking down on blue because blue is so us, them, you might say, well, they needed to create us to correct red, who is all about just me. Yes. yes. So now I see, even though their us, them thing is maybe going too far, it was there for a reason. If we didn't have an us, we'd still be back in the me stage. Yes. With red. Yeah. And we need to see the, the progress that each color made and, and, and right. feel good about that. But Rick, what I'm most excited about is that next week, we're going to look at our very first second tier color. And a second tier color is, is so fascinating, so hopeful for me, because this color um, is able to step back and appreciate the strengths of all the colors. Right. It's the first color that's able to do so. So all of the colors we've mentioned so far have kind of this basic mindset. They believe that they're right and all the other colors are wrong. And they believe that everyone on the planet needs to become their color for the planet to be a good place. Yeah. And so you can see how that just is a setup for conflict. Right. Because no one, there will never be a time in history where everyone ends up as one color. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and Rick, you know, there's always a color that's at the leading edge. So currently, green is at the leading edge of, of our world. But yellow is close to taking over that position. Yes. Um, there's estimates that about 5% of the population are, are now in this yellow phase. And when it hits 10%, yellow will become the leading edge. And whatever colors at the leading edge kind of, kind of pervades all of the others in some way or form. And, and so we'll, shapes, yeah, yeah, it shapes, shapes the world them. 
in a new way. Once you get yep. that 10% of people buying in and at that level, uh, they become the leading edge and it shapes the culture and it shapes the world. And, and you know, it's going to tip it towards eventually bringing many, many, many more into that color. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that next week, but for today, as we're bringing this to a close, Rick, I just want to share a practical point that our listeners can use right away because you're learning all this theory, but it's helpful to have some practical application to go with it. And here's a simple, simple principle that really can be life-changing for your relationships, especially your relationships with people whose center of gravity, whose kind of point of reference is primarily in a color that's different than yours. And here's the, here's the tip. Don't engage the unhealth of other colors. That's excellent. So, so, <laughs> so what you're trying to do is creatively find a connection to their health, but you're not engaging with the unhealth. Yes. Don't go to war. <laughs> Don't go to war with the other colors, where again, the compassion is the approach. The compassion will lead to growth, will lead to uh, your own sanity. So Rick, share with me, I think you had a, an interaction with someone who was very much, you know, kind of in the blue, us versus them. Yes. What did you do that kind of helped point them to their health? Yeah, as my brother and I were talking about this podcast, I shared with him this story. And I had some good friends in my life who were very much opposed to something that I thought was a good cause, something I believed in, and I had participated in trying to support this cause. And what was interesting to me is they were very much against the cause. But then when I reflected with them on some mutual friends that we had, that were in the them category, because for blue, it's us and them. Yes. So my friends were very blue, and they saw this particular group of people as very them. And I mm -hmm. won't name, but it could be anyone, and we've seen this scenario play out. Yeah. So they were against the them. But then I called their attention to the fact that we had mutual friends that were in the them. And the minute I brought up these people... The blue friends of mine said, oh, yeah, we love them. And yeah, it was so unfortunate. You know, they have had some trouble because of this and that. And I noticed immediately they could accept their personal friends in the them category because they knew them. Yes. Yes. And they, they really, those friends crossed into the us. Right. Because they got to know them. Because they got to know them, they were good people. So they didn't lump the them <laughs> into the them <laughs> yes, because they were good people. And we all know good people in other colors, in other categories. And I think this is a compassionate way to help people maybe in blue who are really stuck on the us, them and say, hold on, you can't pigeonhole everybody in this category. Right, right. Whether right. you're on one side of the political aisle or the other, or whether it's a particular cause, there are some good people in each. And so maybe a conversation starter with some of your friends that are a little bit us, them, that, that bothers you is to talk about those people they may know in one of the them categories. And you'll often find, well, yeah, I really love so-and-so 
even though they're in the them category, but they were really nice. And sometimes they'll even say, well, they were one of the good ones, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah, kind of yeah. funny, but it helps, it helps us get beyond some of these walls and barriers. And Rick, that's a, that's a perfect place for us to you know, bring this to a close. And I just want to say and reiterate, we've been saying this all throughout, you know, the goal of this podcast is compassionate understanding. Um, we're not trying to give you another club to beat people with, with judgment. We're wanting you to have compassionate understanding on people that view the world differently than you do. Absolutely. So join us next week. We look forward to being with you. But for now, you've been listening to Best Thoughts with Dr. Will Johns and me, Dr. Rick Johns. Thanks for listening today. If you want more information about the Best Thoughts podcast, you can go to mysoulcare.net. Click on the Best Thoughts podcast tab and you'll find all of our podcasts in one convenient location. And also, this is the perfect place to contact us, leave us a comment, uh, and let us know what you think about our podcast. And this season, we're trying to take it up a level and we need your help. Could you please rate and review this podcast? And most importantly, if you know someone who would enjoy it, share that with others. And thanks so much for listening.